This podcast is part of the Treksphere Network. To find more Star Trek-related content, visit treksphere.com. I can think of no better intro. This is, as you know, the measure of an episode, where it is our continuing mission to, to explore what makes a Star Trek episode a proper, a genuine Star Trek episode, and not just 60s television. Yeah, right? And just outdoor at some, I'm guessing a university. All of their exteriors were as at some sort of 70s university. Yeah, I mean... I, it, it is obviously in California. Obviously in California. Yeah. yeah. And it's always such – I mean, Next Gen did a much better job with having a good continuity between getting between the ship in this very high-tech environment to outdoors. And I think whenever they would do outdoors, it was a lot better arranged where it didn't feel like, oh, they're just in somebody's backyard now. Right. And uh, But anyway, I'm Paul. Oh, darn it. And I'm Jonathan. And we judge these shows on three criteria. Uh, we, de- we determine whether or not they are proper Star Trek through three criteria. The first one is, is there sci-fi inherent to the plot? Is it required for the story to continue? And is that sci-fi, number two is, is that sci-fi presented in a unique or novel fashion? And the third is, does someone experience a moral or ethical dilemma? I'm Jonathan. And I'm Paul. And this week we watched the original series, season one, episode 30, Operation Annihilate! With the exclamation point. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was clear. Yes. uh, Yes, absolutely. I just wanted to let people Uh, know that you weren't, that was not just an interpretation. That is how you are supposed to say it. Right. Yeah. Uh, No, very clear. It's on another planet, Kirk's brother is killed by amoeba like aliens, which also infect Spock. Mm-hmm. But Bones' cure – Bones? Bones? Bones's. Hmm. It's Bones's. But Bones's cure has surprising side effects. Are they surprising? I mm. guess. I, I, I didn't even – What f- were the side effects? Well uh, – That they got better? <laughs> should, we, should we wait until we actually get to yeah, the, we the cure point? Right. The, yeah. Yes. That, I mean that is – Cure point would have been a much better title by the way. I guess but that has far less to do with it. I mean, Operation Annihilate is very clearly what the what the dilemma was. <laughs> I guess so. It just seems so kitschy. I guess it, this was the '60s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, because it was Mission Impossible, Operation Annihilate. That's what it felt like. Because there's absolutely. a colon. Whenever, whenever there's a colon in the episode title, I'm gonna let you fill in the blank there. <laughs> I actually don't have something to say. We know we're dealing with a proctologist. Yeah, it works. Okay. We'll keep that in. Uh, this is one of two Star Trek episodes to date that the title has an exclamation point in it. In season one or that we've in that Star we've Trek watched? All oh. of Star Trek. Wow. Yeah. Is it likely we will find another one? Yes, there is another one. It's oh. an Easter egg. So there- what if? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's a trifecta of exclamation points? No, there's only two. I said there's a third one. What? No. I said there's one of two. I thought we've, we've done two. Uh, oh, oh, there are two. We've done one. Yeah. I don't think the audience understands what's going on. <laughs> so let's back it up a little bit. <laughs> that was me laughing. And I know. I'm trying to figure out how to. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> hey, it worked. It worked on the, the, the sound file. They're totally backwards. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play that in reverse so it will sound like. And we're going to see how well you did. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I didn't. It'll just be like, huh, uh, uh. <laughs> and now I'm going to play that in reverse <laughs> and put them next to each other. Uh, 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 uh. This all, nobody's going to find this funny. Like, 
You want to know why? Because it won't be in the episode. <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. All right. What were so, we talking about? Oh, uh, the, Star the location. Trek? Yeah, the location that you were asking about is actually the Northrop Grumman Space Technology Headquarters. It used to be a space and defense park, but apparently it actually turned into a space-related building. Interesting. It definitely has a unique feel to it, but it absolutely has a futuristic from the 70s feel right. to it. it, it yeah, it didn't feel... Even when you walk into something like Disneyland, into what's it called, Future World or the Future Tomorrowland. Place. Yeah. yeah. Even that felt more futuristic, which I think was built in the 60s, than this area they chose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just underwhelming. It just always... Every time they were outside, it felt underwhelming in this area. So... Yeah, um, but anyway, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, only by a little bit. Like yeah. that, that, they definitely get down to the planet fairly quickly, fairly early That's on in true. the episode. But I, what I wanted to point out was that one thing I love about going back and watching these episodes is that they redid all of the exteriors of the ship, and I love it. I love every single sort of model that they created. It's fun to see, and I like that it's not hyper realistic like the Abrams stuff. It's just kind of like somebody playing with their models. And it looks like a model, but it's still kind of CG. It's like that weird in-between almost feels like an animation. Yeah. And it's just fun to see it every time they use it. It is, and I completely agree. But again, having said that, I would like to see the original and see how that looked. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like – I wish I could A, B it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, having said that, uh, there are a few YouTube channels. I'll find out if there is one for this where they do they do exactly that. They There's, there's some that do side by side and there's some that play the first clip and then play the second clip. So we m- we'll probably add a few couple a few links to those uh, in the comments. But uh, Yeah, I want to see that for sure. Anyway, so yeah, it starts out with the captain's log and the nice fun exterior of the ship. And we find out that insanity is somehow making its way across various planetary systems and civilizations and they have this fun little science fiction moment where spock is outlining there's this insanity thing going on here in this sector and then somehow it got over to this sector and it went to this sector and they kind of did this little presentation of what was happening and i i, I liked it it was yeah. fun nice yeah. little science fiction thing happening and then they so they go to another civil or whatever planet whatever they're calling them and this is where kirk's brother is and on their way there, they find a ship that is headed directly into a, the, the sun, and they chase after it, and some weird stuff is going down. Actually, it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you've ever seen Event Horizon, but yeah. it kind of had this weird kind of I'm crazy and in space type of feel with this guy who just has his ship heading directly towards the center of the sun. And it it totally baffles everybody on on the Enterprise, and eventually... He says something very creepy and weird right before he explodes, and they're like, "Well, okay, we gotta, we're, we're now at full blast going into the sun. We have to turn." And it's, but so it's this weird moment where the music is very creepy, and then they have to turn around, and then they say, "Okay, well, turn around. We can't go into the sun." And the music shifts 180 degrees because before it's like, and then they're like, "Turn the ship around." And they're like, bah, bah, da, 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 da. and you're just like, "Whoa, what is the sh- what happened?" <laughs> right? And, they didn't do anything. Why are they winning? <laughs> they, we won. All right. <laughs> and it just, the music does that in this whole episode. Actually, if you were paying attention, it does a lot of switches like that. It just it's it's very it doesn't it's not following sort of a a flow of emotion. 
where you don't just automatically, because you're, you want to, you just want to change the emotion immediately, so you just change the music. It doesn't kind of bleed into itself. Right. Every little kind of sting that happens is like an Austin Powers level sting. It's like, well, it's your brother, Jim. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and he's like, geez, did he, can they hear this? <laughs> It'd be, it'd be, I mean, it was just – it was close enough where if they just panned a little bit to the right, you would see like the orchestra. Right, the band like, right watching. there. Yeah. 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 Very Mel Brooks, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, OK. So they, they don't know what's going on with this person who went into the, the sun. They have no information. So they decide to go – I don't remember what happens at this point. but Well, Spock so they, they also get a distress call from the planet and they decide to go down and see what's happening. And – Right. When they get down there, these people immediately start racing after them, getting ready to attack them, telling them they don't want to hurt them and to go away and they need to like find shelter or something. By the way, so I watched this at one and a half speed and I cannot tell you uh, the comedy <laughs> of watching yes. <laughs> these people like it's supposed to be this angry mob like chasing them down and they're just like <laughs> running at one point. Yeah. yeah, that's all it feels like. Right, which um, is – that's the Red Skeleton, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I guess they make it down to the planet and they find Kirk's delirious sister-in-law and yeah. Kirk's brother is dead and I could Do have sworn Do you know who played Kirk's brother? Someone with a mustache? Uh, so no, actually. No, I don't know or no, that's not – No, that's not true. Oh, OK. Was it Kirk? Himself? It was. It was William Shatner with a fake mustache on. William Shatner on. with a <laughs> – I was wondering about that. I wish we could have had a little bit of back and forth before he died. Well, yeah, that was the other thing. You know, this kind of goes back to what you were saying, uh, actually, in our last episode, right, about conspiracy. Yeah, they had to make him his brother, so he had an emotional connection to this planet. But on the flip side, they didn't have to make him his brother. It could have been somebody he knew from Starfleet or just the the pretty girl who was down there because he always gets emotionally distraught when they die yeah i did feel i didn't feel the emotion i should have when somebody's right. brother dies on television because mm-hmm. we don't get any or any any interaction with him it's the same thing yeah as you said with conspiracy like just no matter how much you tell us about it it doesn't matter right we need it, it would have had to have been bones or spock for us to really feel it yikes and, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a red shirt <laughs> yeah well them too but we don't really care about that. He was going to be promoted next week. Uh, so, oh, so then another uh, music sting happens where it cuts from the sister-in-law dying miserably mm-hmm. to and I don't. I, I was like, is this a was this a cut like a act break or something where we're supposed to come into it later, like after the Fritos commercial, and it uh. wasn't. No? Maybe it was. I don't know. Are there, Actually, I can't tell. Are there? Yeah, there are act breaks in this Netflix stuff. Yeah, there, there definitely are act breaks. But yeah, I mean, Kirk, I feel like Kirk, William Shatner, probably a little bit of both. Uh, the, the presentation of his struggle was bigger with trying to decide what to do with the invasion and the planet than it was with losing his brother and his sister-in-law. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I, I could tell that during the, the duration of the episode that he was supposed to be fraught with mm-hmm. with anger and, and grief. But yes. I just – it didn't translate. I could tell that's what he wanted. But it, it just wasn't working for me. Well, and it just didn't seem like it was about the, his personal loss. It seemed like he was struggling with the 
you know, the dilemma of wiping out the planet or figuring out a way to stop the virus or whatever it was. Yeah, it's like when he encounters – like when one encounters a particularly difficult crossword puzzle. It's that level. (laughs) Right. He's super distracted by it the whole time. (laughs) But he's able to continue with things. Yeah, and it just – losing losing his brother which you know we have to assume well because they never said his estranged brother so it they they must have been close in some way uh and his sister-in-law and then being stuck with his nephew and trying to make sure that he survives there did not seem to be any emotional connection to these people any more than when he just loses a a guest on his ship. I, I couldn't tell if it was this idea that here is the, the patriarch of the show and of the ship and everything. And he, you're not allowed to show too much emotion, right. but we want him to be relatable. And so we want him to show a little bit of emotion or was it just, this is as much as we're going to get from William Shatner. I couldn't tell where that <laughs> right. line was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he but, definitely does get better. Like when he loses his son, I feel like there actually is emotional distraught there. So I've, I, Either his acting improved, which is entirely possible because there's like 20 year difference between those two, uh, right. or he was just given better direction. Yeah. Or a difference between we'll TV and know. movie. I don't know. Yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, so they're trying to figure out uh, what's causing all this, and they find, I mean, I, so they find these amoeba like things. Mm-hmm. And I, I will tell you that when they came across these farting loogies that were attached to the wall, <laughs> I laughed. I laughed many, for many seconds when this <laughs> happened. Because they like they kind of gave him a voice a little bit. They're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and then, <laughs> yep, right. <laughs> Just Yoda's murmurs. <laughs> That's what a baby Yoda. That's where it comes from. Eventually, they would all be farting loogies. Yoda. Yeah, farting loogies. And it was so funny to me. It felt so again with the '80s horror stuff. Even though this was the '60s, it, this must be where it comes from. Because it was it was just kind of crappy makeup. Not makeup, but whatever you want to say, uh, effects, practical effects, whatever you want to call them. Props. Props, yeah. And they kind of moved. And they were just obviously, Nicole's, they, yeah. they were sort of primordial fake mm-hmm. vomit, you know, when you mm-hmm. could buy, or the, you know, the fake spilled wine glass stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I totally took me out of it because they were, they, were, they were animating them, you know, because I guess you have to because we have to show that they're alive. Right. And they were, you know, gassy. <laughs> it was just so funny to me. <laughs> Uh, but they find out that they are – they're not just these benign creatures that they attach themselves to you and infect you. And one infects Spock. Yeah. Well, and they discover that you, they they inflict pain when you do not do what they want. Which is interesting. But again, it's more of this weird non-science fiction kind of thing, kind of like our ghost cloud types of episodes where it wasn't about the loogies themselves. It was more about what they do to you internally. So it's yeah. more psychological, which to me, when you go into that realm of science fiction, it always just becomes very nebulous and I, I don't like it. You know, I think uh, 2001 does that quite a bit where it starts out really science fictiony and procedural and then it gets very introspective and psychological and you're just thinking to yourself, what about the obelisk thing? That was cool. Why can't we go back to that? You know? <laughs> right. There was a sci-fi thing you had at the beginning. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Can we go back to that? Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but I don't entirely agree because you're you're right that it's it's a little bit more psychological, but the it, it's not just a gas that's going through the enterprise or it gets passed just by a physical touch, you know, p- passing a possession from one person to the next or something like that. It genuinely attaches 
to their back. Now, granted, it's able to do it just over the skin, so it it must have some deep probes, but it it spreads its like tendrils through the body and it triggers the pain that way. I mean, it's creepy and it's a little bit horror esque, kind of yeah. like kind of like conspiracy. Our last, right. not yep, not our last I'm, episode. Yeah, our last we episode. did several weeks ago. It was our last episode. Conspiracy was our last episode. We it just was? recorded it last week. Yes, I thought Man Trap was our last episode. <laughs> Okay, off the record, Man Trap is the last one we produced. Like, it's the last one that's aired up on the schedule. But Conspiracy is the last one we recorded. The episode they're going to hear, yeah, the episode they're oh. going to hear before this one is Conspiracy. Right, got it. You were right, <laughs> man. I'm confused. <laughs> but yeah, just like Conspiracy, where it just turns into a horror movie, and right. the science fiction just filters away. I mean, so if you think about Alien, the movie Alien, and Aliens. Or any of the franchise, really. Okay. Where I wasn't sure if you were talking about specifically Alien and then just going super generic. Like, when you're thinking about Alien yeah. or Aliens. <laughs> Singular or plural. Doesn't matter. <laughs> right. It could be one of them or many of them. It doesn't matter. My point still but stands. The, <laughs> but the idea is that it's it didn't become about what was happening to the people who were, I guess, impregnated by the alien. They were going in there and saying, like, okay, we've got the opacitor down the guy's throat so we can't pull it out. And if you try and move it, it kind of starts – it's not It's not about psychologically or mentally what's happening. It's about the physical thing and how to get it off, what they are, what to do with them, and the consequences of it. It's not so much about Spock is losing his mind type of thing from so much pain, Okay, which is kind of what this becomes. You're saying physically – trying to figure out a way to remove this science fiction being is – the part that's sci-fi just watching him deal with it is not sci-fi is that what you're saying yeah okay. i mean I, i'm not saying that they have to be mutually exclusive it just feels like they they neglected the physical aspect of science fiction of the science fiction which to me is the stronger aspect of science fiction versus the more internal thing which is usually a consequence of science fiction not the actual science fiction okay so then i mean this kind of gets ahead of us but you're you're saying then that it does circle back around to the sci-fi because doc, uh, Dr. – oh, my gosh. It does circle back around the to the sci-fi because <laughs> – because it does – dang it, Paul. <laughs> it does circle back around to the sci-fi because – I almost said Spock – because McCoy does try to figure out how to physically remove it from Spock and how to yeah. kill it. Okay, okay. Yeah. You're just saying and in this felt- particular moment, it's just we're we're dealing with the the psychological side of things, and you feel like that just kind of pulls away from the sci-fi more. Yeah, and okay. it was just very middle loaded. Uh, oh yeah, I, there, well, see, for me, I feel like this is actually why Star Trek survived is kind of this episode because first off, this is the season finale, and I it, I feel like it's a really strong episode. This episode kind of solidifies what our criteria are. You know, like there there is the ethical and moral d- debate of how they're going to stop this alien because they can't destroy it. Like, I mean, Kirk straight out says, like, we can't let this alien continue and we can't destroy this planet. So you guys need to come up with a way to stop it. Um, and it has the the sci-fi. And it, it's it's a little bit procedural insofar as in this middle, I know you're saying it's middle loaded, but they're, they're trying different things. They're trying to understand what he did with the sun. They're trying to figure out some alternative way of destroying the alien without destroying the planet, you know? And so it, it does become a little bit more just a, a debate and, and an argument and discussion, but 
they continue to make progress. They're not just saying the same thing over and over again, which we've seen before. Yeah, and I, I'm not debating that there isn't science fiction. I, I do think, to jump ahead, I do think that this is a proper Star Trek episode. They seem to hit all the criteria pretty well. Right. And and I think that they never depart from it being science fiction, really. I think that just, to me, I think personally, I would like there to be less involvement of the introspective internal debates or or dilemmas i guess that are going on uh and i want to see more procedural stuff i think they do a little bit of a procedural uh do they maybe not they kind of did uh, with the kind of did I, I mean with the the spoiler at the end where oh the light thing it's the light yeah thing. yeah does does spock get cured and then yeah he must he gets cured and then he he goes down to the planet or how does he how does he get one of the why does he go down to the planet i don't remember i think he he has to go get another one of the loogies okay Okay, so that is what it I is. Think, so he brings up a, yeah. a separate one, and then that's that's the one they experiment on. Right. Okay. And okay. it kind of becomes a Spock episode, mm-hmm. and I I felt like Leonard Nikoi, <laughs> Leonard, <laughs> it's, Leonard, it's Leonard Nikoi, Nimoy, <laughs> Leonard. <laughs> wow, uh, Leonard Nimoy. I felt that a very good job in in having to to act like you're somebody who doesn't show emotion. Also, while having to be in extreme pain yes, and also act your way through the episode, I kind of felt like he was in pain just watching him. Yes. And and maybe that's just because of the gravitas and presence of Leonard Nimoy. Right. That I will just give, I'll yeah. always give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> right. But, but it just – I felt like that was cool. Yes. I, it was kind of a neat thing that, oh, here's this, this being who is now somehow mentally blocking all of the pain – that it, that he's experiencing mm-hmm. and still trying to operate. And he, there's a moment where he says, I don't know how much more of this I can take. So we, there's a, there's a clock on this. Right. And I, I appreciate it. It was fun. And yeah. I, I kind of like the Spock centric episodes. Yes. I think it would have been nice if we did actually see him succumb in a certain way, like collapse on the or planet. Or just falter. When, yeah, yeah. Falter a little yeah. bit and then get back up and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, he did, he did oh, that a couple nice. times, but it was very, very quick. You know, it, he just basically looked winded rather than trying to uh, balance himself because of how much pain he was in. Right, because our you baseline know. for the amount of pain was Kirk's sister-in-law screaming in agony, I guess. Yes. And and so we we were supposed to, I guess, conflate Spock and her together. It's like, oh, this is what's happening on the inside, but there's this stoic Vulcan mm-hmm. on the outside. And they, I felt like they did a good job. They probably could have done a better job, I suppose, if they had more time or something, but – it was it was good enough, I think, for the episode. Well, I just I, I I think just one moment where he like right before he was picking up, you know, they they knew what he was doing or something, and so they they blasted him just with as much pain as possible, and he he does either pass out or actually scream and then fall to the ground and then just take a moment and you know and then center himself again and get back up and grab the thing and, and go, you know, just right. just having a moment so we can see just exactly how much pain he is in you know to have have spock this person who controls his emotions at all times scream in agony you know would just kind of be like whoa that's a lot of pain yeah and it also doesn't really escalate he seems to be fighting it back with equal amounts the whole time the whole time Yeah. yeah so it would have been nice to see it escalate but you know i think i think for the sake of what was happening they needed him to be stoic. I think. I think that maybe Roddenberry was really holding on to this idea that Vulcans are stoic. The end. Sure. And and maybe that's what was that was sort of what was informing that. But I don't know. 
but right. I, I thought it was yeah. good enough. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, this is this is not saying that what they did was disappointing. It just it could have been it could have just had that nice little button to show how much he was struggling if it actually did break him for a moment. So anyway, just a little side note about Spock. So it's always funny to me. It's kind of it's very uh, emblematic of Spock where he's on the bridge and he's at his station. And he's looking into that kind of blue eyepiece thing where it's putting – it's sort of bathing his eyes in blue light and it's sort of a, a, a scope of some kind. But what always gets me is he's always standing and bending over and looking into the scope, <laughs> a scope that was obviously designed to be – you were supposed to be sitting to be looking into the scope. Right. Why doesn't he ever sit down? Why was he always standing up and then bending over? Uh, it's just how he preferred to do it. I don't know. It's just how he likes to do it. He doesn't read the manual. (laughs) No one's ever told him. Or her is like, why don't you sit down? Just sit down. There's a chair. She's like, I don't even have something to look into. And I'm sitting. (laughs) I don't even have a job here. (laughs) I found a chair immediately. This is a wireless headset. I'm just listening to tunes. Right. So there's a point where they are describing the life form. And they kind of go through and they say, it's it's your everyday universal life form. It does this, this, and this. And one of the criteria that he lists off, that Spock lists off, is it converts matter into energy just like everybody else. And I understand what they were saying. And I understand it was a throwaway line to illustrate that there was nothing special about this life form per se. But we don't convert matter into energy. No life form does that, Right. Like there's there's a chemical reaction that happens to matter in our bodies that allow us to to and we use we utilize this chemical reaction to do things in our body, but we're not like nuclear reactors. Like when you eat something and then you go run a mile, you don't lose any of the matter that you ate. Your body needs glucose and oxygen, and it takes those two things and it converts it into hydrogen and carbon dioxide. And that conversion is what creates the energy inside your body. But you're right. Like, I mean, you could argue that he's just kind of simplistically saying we convert matter into energy. But we don't take matter and we take that matter and turn it into an equal amount of energy. It's the conversion process of taking uh, those elements and converting it to the other things that our body expels. And in that conversion, energy is created. Right. It's a chemical process. It's not a, a physical process in the sense of physics. Right. We're not right. we're not splitting atoms or we're not you know, to create <laughs> right. pure energy. Right. Yeah. In that respect, we are not a nuclear reactor like you were saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I felt like they take such care in this show mm-hmm. uh, with the science and with the characters and especially with Spock sort of always being right. The things that he says are always kind of um, – Right. Yeah. Scientifically so he, accurate. He could argue that – he may have phrased it incorrectly, but he he was still correct. But it could also be that outside of the, the show, outside of the Star Trek universe, that we were not fully understanding how the body creates energy from what it's eating. And we could have genuinely thought that that matter does convert into energy. Right. So at that time. Yeah, I mean, I started. think people think – I mean, I think there's sort of a misconception too just amongst the general public now is that – we are somehow converting food into pure energy, which right. is not what's happening. Because I think people, when they go to sleep after dinner and then they wake up and they've lost weight, that that wasn't because their bodies were converting anything into anything. 
I mean, you lose weight because you lose water weight when you when you exactly sleep. right. But but you're not losing physical matter out of your body other than than um, water. The body. water, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, that was actually that was something I've only learned. <laughs> How far could we have taken that? Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it that's was our, that's our science section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Could go either way. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I could. I think with you, I think at most I could probably get through four with, like, without <laughs> cracking. <laughs> but if we were at like if it was just you, me, Jesse, and Becca at a dinner table, and you know, <laughs> it naturally came to a, we were all in agreement. How long would it take them to realize there was something wrong? <laughs> how many cycles of yeah could we take before they say something? I. <laughs> I I think it could go for a while. Like just you and me, I think that we could genuinely keep them. I mean, we'd have to I, sell it. Like it, we wouldn't just be in eye contact. Being yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. No, I mean the same the same way that you pretend to struggle with a joke that somebody's trying to explain to you. Like, <laughs> it'd be like yeah, and you take a bite. Like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I I genuinely I, I I'm 100 percent confident that we could get through ten each. And <laughs> I feel like we said could, something. Yeah, I feel like we could go even more than that. Like if we were just doing, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what are the odds that one of them would join in? Mm, Pretty low, but but yeah, not zero. Like, it's a non-zero. Becca number. would not. I can't. I can't speak to Jesse. But it, it's just she and I. You no, know, she knows what she did. Right. That's why Jesse. Jesse would not either. Okay. Yeah, Be- Becca. You know, she would she would probably fight. She she would say something along the lines of like, are you guys? Is this a thing? Are we? Yeah. <laughs> are you recording this for your yeah. fucking podcast? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that could be said by any of the women at the table. Yeah. Or either women. I mean, we don't know either who's there. women. Is it either women or either, no, either woman? woman? Yeah. Woman. Yeah. Singular. Right. Yeah. Either uh, yeah, because it's either one, so it would be either right. woman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you have to come up with like new inflection, uh-huh. and new ways uh-huh. to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I think I think for the other part too that would be hard is not throwing anything else in there you know yeah like you wouldn't go and not and you can't wow, laugh yeah either. i know yeah <laughs> now that we've said this and now, first off i want to do it but <laughs> second off i'm not sure that i would be able to honestly get past like the third one without laughing because i knew that this is what we were now doing like i would <laughs> Well, you'd have to you'd have to mask it with taking a bite of food or a drink of something, right. you know, like wipe your mouth with something. You gotta put, see, but you I would I would just fear that like because now like I I, f- I fear that I would be in a giggle loop at that point, and I would just spray whatever I was eating or drinking <laughs> because I I'm like oh my god this is happening I can't believe we got here and like <laughs> keep it cool keep it cool this is gonna be so funny like 
<laughs> and you'd ruin it. That's true. Right. I think probably right. do the same thing. Yeah. See, and what's Keep even funnier? Cool. <laughs> what's even like funnier slash worse about that is it's only funny to you and me. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> That's all that matters. Right. That's all that matters. I mean, I think there would be when you it's it's for the story too, for other people who you know would find it funny. For sure. It's so you yeah. can tell the story. It's license for comedy. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And yeah, and we could say how many yas we got through. People like you did not. You know, and Jesse and Becca could <laughs> yeah. kept could back it up as the irritated witnesses. We did. <laughs> we'll both have little clickers, like you know, those clickers right. where, they, where they measure how many people are going on the ride, you know? Yeah. We're like twenty seven yes. Like no, that's way too many. <laughs> Becca's like no, no, that's right. Read them and weep. Paul got through fourteen. Jonathan got through thirteen before we noticed <laughs> what was going on. Say it. Oh, <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? So then Spot goes into the. <laughs> uh, so they figure out how to kill. The loogies. Not only the the regular loogies, but the loogies that are attached to people. Well, they they think they do. They, I guess they don't know. Yeah, yeah, because they were they were talking about. Uh, they they finally figured out that the guy who was flying into the sun was uh, was talking about how he was free of the the virus the the loogies control, and so they they're trying to figure out what about the sun is causing that to happen, and they they start deliberating and. What did they eliminate? I don't know. Interest. <laughs> but it was still a proper Star Trek episode and it was still good. <laughs> yeah. I got bored yeah. near the end. You should watch it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get to – I don't know how they get there. I don't remember. But okay. I know okay. that they get to – if we bathe Spock in, a, in one million candle power, which I like the idea that in 500 years we'll still we'll still be using 60s terminology for flashlights. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's what it was from. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't now. We use lumens. Yeah. And there actually is, I looked it up. <laughs> okay. And there's equations to get from lumens or from candle power to lumens. Oh, okay. And, and a million candle power is sort of like a mid-range floodlight. It's like not that bright. Right. It would not inflict that much damage. I think Spock you, is just kind of a sissy. Right. With your eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so that's what happens, right? So he goes blind, he's cured, but he goes blind because they bathe him in a hunt, you know, they shine a flashlight in his eyes. And he goes through <laughs> a, a very light. basic optimo, you know, ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist. You know where they shine the fucking light in your eyes and it's just the most uncomfortable thing ever? And that is not um, the most uncomfortable thing ever. The most uncomfortable thing is where they tell you to look at the light and they blast the air in your eye. Oh, I would do that a million times. Versus really have that super like how are you not damaging my eye right now sir and damn and looking for problems you're just creating them it's like oh found another problem i haven't i think i know why <laughs> oh you're blind yeah i wasn't before you started doing that <laughs> man it's the third one today <laughs> i'm curing all these people <laughs> um Really? So you don't like the air? Or I, I, I was always fine with that. It's like no problem. Yeah, no, and you—I mean, you're the first person up. to say that. Like you, you need to ask around now who likes that or who's okay with it. And if they had to pick between the the flashlight in the eye or the air blast in the eye, I guarantee yeah. you, except for one person, they will all say that they prefer really? the air blast in the eye. Yeah. Oh God, I hate the light. Anyway, mm. anyway, so, so he goes to the ophthalmologist, <laughs> and he's cured of his disease. 
but he is blinded. Do you mean optometrist? Whatever. Okay. I've heard about whatever that whatever the thing is in Costco where you go get new glasses. Okay, so the optometrist. Well, yeah, but he's also a doctor. It's not just they're not just fitting you for lenses. They're also looking at your eyeballs, right? I don't think that's just what optometrists do. Man, this is just our science episode, isn't it? (laughs) I'm not the expert. I think this is the third thing that we've talked about that's like science related. And we're like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. Could go either way. We don't know. <laughs> I think both are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our medical uh, advice. <laughs> Tune in next week for the, the measure of an episode where we give medical advice. Um, so anyway, like we find out that Spock is, in fact, not blind. That he has two eyelids. A fact which never comes back. And I'm wondering to myself, so he had to keep his eyes open for this to work. So, but if he could close one of his eyelids during the bathing in the, in the floodlight, why couldn't he just close his regular eyes? Like, why was that a plot point to why, like they had, it was either, either you live or you go and you go blind or you, you stay not blind and you die. I didn't think he had to keep his eyes open. I just thought that the, because he was in the direct rays of the light the goggles didn't help him oh okay that's how that's how i took it that okay i mean yeah i mean maybe maybe i am you know again giving the writers more credit than is due but uh that's that's how i interpreted it like they they were outside of the room so they could put on the goggles and they'd be fine but spock like had the goggles and it just didn't help him oh but he had his own eyelids anyway, second eyelids. Yeah, he had an extra layer of protection. That sounds like a retcon to me. Such a retcon. Sounds like, well, Spock can't be blind now for the rest of the show. We just got picked up. <laughs> so undo it. Figure it out. That was Well, kind of. I, I mean, that's the nice thing about being the original. You can throw in anything at any time and make it canon because you're creating it as you go. Right, but they didn't, it's not like they had it set up. For 29 episodes beforehand, it's like, hey, Spock, I, I noticed you were breathing underwater. Right. <laughs> what up with that? <laughs> uh, well, and even he said he completely forgot about it. It doesn't feel a little retconny to you a little bit? Oh, it's absolutely a deus ex machina. It is the the hand wavium explanation of how how he was able to be fine. But it has become part of Star Trek lore. What's funny about that is... Tim Russ, uh, he when he was interviewed about being a Vulcan on Voyager, he was very excited because this was the first Vulcan on a ship again since Spock. And he was talking about how he knew everything about Vulcans and, you know, he said, including their inner eyelids. So I hope that we get to take advantage of the Vulcan biology and and things that make him different. (laughs) But they didn't do that. (laughs) I know. It's like, Tim, I got some bad news for you, bud. <laughs> this is Michael Pillar saying this. Like, right. man, are you going to be let down? <laughs> so definitely a Star Trek episode, or sorry, a real Star Trek episode, a proper Star Trek proper episode. Star Trek, yeah. Yep, that was a Star Trek episode because it was on Star Trek. That was a real Star Trek episode because we watched it. <laughs> All of that. All of those things. Right? I mean, it checked off every box. It was a Star Trek episode. It was a real Star Trek episode. And it was a proper Star Trek episode. <laughs> so much information. I feel like it's it's a little bit too uh, – well, not a little bit too. It's just a little bit kitschy because it is in the 60s. Uh, you know, So there are a couple things that you just have to kind of – except for what it was at the time, You know, like we were talking about with um, – The loogies? The, the loogies and the brother being introduced this episode only to die off. You know, like they, they definitely don't really – 
do that in shows now. Um, they if they're going to do something like that, they usually introduce the character pretty early on. Um, right. Yes. But. But yeah, you know, all of that information needed to be dumped in this episode because 60s episodic, 60s television series were episodic by nature. Could have been a two-parter. I know I say that for every single episode we watch, <laughs> but with the amount of information and the amount of emotion they had to get through, I yeah. felt like they were rushing us through it a bit mm-hmm. and could have been two parts easily, although this was a fairly long episode anyway. Next Generation did this really well. I like the episodes where it's, it is a two-parter, but the two-parter... It's just kind of a um, a subtle two-parter, like Inner Light and that other episode with his girlfriend who goes down to the planet and he's worried that she's going to die. Yeah. yeah, like it didn't it, did, it didn't need to be a two-parter kind of like what you were saying where it ended on a cliffhanger, but it would have been nice to have like maybe another episode where we saw his brother previously. Yeah, so. but, but they didn't. But they didn't. <laughs> but they didn't. All right, let's see what we're watching next. Sounds good. DS9-613, Far Beyond the Stars. Oh! <gasps> Are you serious? That's what it says. Oh, my god! Don't gosh. tell me you know what this is. You don't know what, what? this is. What? Yeah. You, no, you don't. I do. It's uh, We talk about it all the time. It's it's one of the episodes that is considered like one of the quintessential Star Trek episodes, um, but it just more because it deals with civil disparities and issues and that kind of thing. Um, I would not say because mm-hmm. it's a proper sci-fi episode. I don't believe this is proper Star Trek. Uh, but oh, well, this will um, be interesting to get into. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a it's another Outer Limits episode. So, but definitely a different field of Outer Limits. After a friend's ship is destroyed, Cisco contemplates leaving Star Trek. <laughs> After a friend's ship is destroyed, Cisco's con. Oh, I, <laughs> I know. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. Far beyond the stars. Episode 13, (laughs) Season 6, The Star Trek, The Deep Space Nine. After a friend's ship is destroyed, Sisko contemplates leaving Starfleet while having visions of himself and his crew as sci-fi writers in the 1950s. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) Seriously? I mean, this this is the episode that has Avery Brooks at his finest at the end. To watch this okay <clears throat> well at least we're getting it over with <laughs> that's true i mean you know we're we're almost two years in we're a year and a half into our podcast so yeah yeah 77 episodes yeah that's 77 weeks i know of not having to had to watch this episode <laughs> and then paul you get like 680 more weeks of not having to watch this episode (laughs) episode. oh god okay well let's let's uh i'm I'm curious to know like if uh, what if you don't watch it as a star trek episode what if you watched it as like a twilight zone episode or or an outer limits episode i wonder if you would like it more Uh, maybe so we'll never know well i mean try to go into it with that mentality don't don't expect star trek and you won't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Same thing with our listeners, by the way. <laughs> when listening to our show. Don't expect comedy and you won't be disappointed. <laughs> Don't expect Star Trek either. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> expect sound medical advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and science advice. All right. Or I've been Jonathan. And I've been Paul. And this has been The Measure of an Episode. As you 